chapter ninety eight part four of the adventures of peregrine pickle volume two by tobias smollett this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter ninety eight part four a man happening to lose his life by the accidental discharge of a piece that chanced to be in a young gentleman's hands the account of this misfortune no sooner reached the ears of his uncle than he expressed the most immoderate joy in having found so good a handle for destroying him under colour of law he immediately constituted himself prosecutor set his emissaries at work to secure a coroner's inquest suited to his cruel purposes set out for the place in person to take care that the prisoner should not escape insulted him in jail in the most inhuman manner employed a whole army of attorneys and agents to spirit up and carry on a most virulent prosecution practised all the unfair methods that could be invented in order that the unhappy gentleman should be transported to newgate from the healthy prison to which he was at first committed endeavoured to inveigle him into destructive confessions and not to mention other more infamous arts employed in the affair of evidence attempted to surprise him upon his trial in the absence of his witnesses and counsel contrary to a previous agreement with the prosecutor's own attorney nay he even appeared in person upon the bench at the trial in order to intimidate the evidence and browbeat the unfortunate prisoner at the bar and expended above a thousand pounds in that prosecution in spite of all his wicked efforts however which were defeated by the spirit and the indefatigable industry of mr m the young gentleman was honourably acquitted to the evident satisfaction of all the impartial the misfortune that gave a handle for that unnatural prosecution appearing to a demonstration to have been a mere accident in a few months his protector who had now openly espoused his cause taking with him two gentlemen to witness his transactions conducted him to his native country with a view to be better informed of the strength of his pretensions than he could be by the intelligence he had hitherto received or by the claimant's own dark and almost obliterated remembrance of the facts which were essential to be known upon their arrival in dublin application was made to those persons whom mr a had named as his schoolmasters and companions together with the servants and neighbours of his father these though examined separately without having the least previous intimation of what the claimant had reported agreed in their accounts with him as well as with one another and mentioned many other people as acquainted with the same facts to whom mr m had recourse and still met with the same unvaried information by these means he made such progress in his inquiries that in less than two months no fewer than one hundred persons from different quarters of the kingdom either personally or by letters communicated their knowledge of the claimant in declarations consonant with one another as well as with the accounts he gave of himself several servants who had lived with his father and been deceived with the story of his death so industriously propagated by his uncle no sooner heard of his being in dublin than they came from different parts of the country to see him and though great pains were taken to deceive them they nevertheless knew him at first sight some of them fell upon their knees to thank for his preservation embraced his legs and shed tears of joy for his return 
although the conduct of his adversary particularly in the above-mentioned prosecution together with the evidence that already appeared were sufficient to convince all mankind of the truth of the claimant's pretensions mr m in order to be further satisfied resolved to see how he would be received upon the spot where he was born justly concluding that if he was really an impostor the bastard of a kitchen wench produced in a country entirely possessed by its enemy and his allies he must be looked upon in that place with the utmost detestation and contempt this his intention was no sooner known to the adverse party than their agents and friends from all quarters repaired to that place with all possible dispatch and used all their influence with the people in remonstrances threats and all the other arts they could devise not only to discountenance the claimant upon his arrival but even to spirit up a mob to insult him notwithstanding these precautions and the servile awe and subjection in which tenants are kept by their landlords in that part of the country as soon as it was known that mr a approached the town the inhabitants crowded out in great multitudes to receive and welcome him and accompanied him into town with acclamations and other expressions of joy insomuch that the agents of his adversary durst not show their faces the sovereign of the corporation who was a particular creature and favourite of the usurper and whose all depended upon the issue of the cause was so conscious of the stranger's right and so much awed by the behaviour of the people who knew that consciousness that he did not think it safe even to preserve the appearance of neutrality upon this occasion but actually held the stirrup while mr a dismounted from his horse this sense of conviction in the people manifested itself still more powerfully when he returned to the same place in the year seventeen forty four about which time lord a being informed of his resolution determined again to be beforehand with him and set out in person with his agents and friends some of whom were detached before him to prepare for his reception and induce the people to meet him in a body and accompany him to town with such expressions of welcome as they had before bestowed on his nephew but in spite of all their art and interest he was suffered to pass through the street in a mournful silence and though several barrels of beer were produced to court the favour of the populace they had no other effect than that of drawing their ridicule upon the donor whereas when mr a two days afterwards appeared all the inhabitants with garlands streamers music and other ensigns of joy crowded out to meet him and ushered him into town with such demonstrations of pleasure and goodwill that the noble peer found it convenient to hide himself from the resentment of his own tenants the effects of which he must have severely felt had not he been screened by the timely remonstrances of mr m and the other gentlemen who accompanied his competitor nor did his apprehension vanish with the transaction of this day the town was again in uproar on the sunday following when it was known that mr a intended to come thither from dunmain to church they went out to meet him as before and conducted him to the church door with acclamations which terrified his uncle to such a degree that he fled with precipitation in a boat and soon after entirely quitted the place it would be almost an endless task to enumerate the particular steps that were taken by one side to promote and by the other to delay the trial the young gentlemen's adversaries finding that they could not by all the subterfuges and arts they had used evaded repeated the attempts were made to assassinate him and his protector 
and every obstruction thrown in the way of his cause witchcraft could invent villainy execute and undue influence confirm but all these difficulties were surmounted by the vigilance constancy courage and sagacity of m and at last the affair was brought to a very solemn trial at bar which being continued by several adjournments from the eleventh to the twenty-fifth day of november a verdict was found for the claimant by a jury of gentlemen which in point of reputation and property cannot be easily paralleled in the annals of that or any other country a jury that could by no means be suspected of prepossessions in favour of mr a to whose person they were absolute strangers especially if we consider that a gentleman in their neighbourhood who was nephew to the foreman and nearly related to some of the rest of their number forfeited a considerable estate by their decision this verdict said the parson gave the highest satisfaction to all impartial persons that were within reach of being duly informed of their proceedings and of the different genius and conduct of the parties engaged in the contest but more especially to such as were in court as i was at the trial and had an opportunity of observing the characters and behaviour of the persons who appeared there to give evidence to such it was very apparent that all the witnesses produced there on the part of the uncle were either his tenants dependents pot companions or persons some way or other interested in the issue of the suit and remarkable for a low kind of cunning that many of them were persons of profligate lives who deserved no credit that independent of the levity of their characters those of them who went under the denomination of colonels colonel l alone excepted who had nothing to say and was only brought there in order to give credit to that party made so ridiculous a figure and gave so absurd contradictory and inconsistent an evidence as no court or jury could give the least degree of credit to on the other hand it was observed that the nephew and mr m his chief manager being absolute strangers in that country and unacquainted with the characters of the persons they had to deal with were obliged to lay before the court and jury such evidence as came to their hand some of whom plainly appeared to have been put upon them by their adversaries with a design to hurt it was also manifest that the witnesses produced for mr a were such as could have no manner of connection with him nor any dependence whatsoever upon him to influence their evidence for the far greatest part of them had never seen him from his infancy till the trial began and many of them though poor and undignified with the title of colonels were people of unblemished character of great simplicity and such as no man in his senses would pitch upon to support a bad cause it is plain that the jury whose well-known honour impartiality and penetration must be revered by all who are acquainted with them were not under the least difficulty about their verdict for they were not enclosed above half an hour when they returned with it these gentlemen could not help observing the great inequality of the parties engaged the great advantages that the uncle had in every other respect except the truth and justice of his case over the nephew by means of his vast possessions and of his power and influence all round the place of his birth nor could the contrast between the different geniuses of the two parties escape their observation they could not but see and conclude that a person who had confessedly transported and sold his orphan nephew into slavery who on his return had carried on so unwarrantable and cruel a prosecution to take away his life under colour of law 
and who had also given such glaring proofs of his skill and dexterity in the management of witnesses for that cruel purpose was in like manner capable of exerting the same happy talent on this occasion when his all was at stake more especially as he had so many others who were equally interested with himself and whose abilities in that respect fell nothing short of his own to second him in it the gentlemen of the jury had also a near view of the manner in which the witnesses delivered their testimonies and had from thence an opportunity of observing many circumstances and distinguishing characteristics of truth and falsehood from which a great deal could be gathered that could not be adequately conveyed by any printed account how exact soever consequently they must have been much better judges of the evidence on which they founded their verdict than any person who had not the same opportunity can possibly be these mr pickle were my reflections on what i had occasion to observe concerning that famous trial and on my return to england two years after i could not help pitying the self-sufficiency of some people who at this distance pretended to pass their judgment on that verdict with as great positiveness as if they had been in the secrets of the cause or upon the jury who tried it and that from no better authority than the declamations of lord a's emissaries and some falsified printed accounts artfully cooked up on purpose to mislead and deceive but to return from this digression lord a the defendant in that cause was so conscious of the strength and merits of his injured nephew's case and that a verdict would go against him that he ordered a writ of error to be made out before the trial was ended and the verdict was no sooner given than he immediately lodged it though he well knew he had no manner of error to assign this expedient was practised merely for vexation and delay in order to keep mr a from the possession of the small estate he had recovered by the verdict that his slender funds being exhausted he might be deprived of other means to prosecute his right and by the most oppressive contrivances and scandalous chicanery it has been kept up to this day without his being able to assign the least shadow of any error lord a was not the only antagonist that mr a had to deal with all the different branches of the a family who had been worrying one another at law ever since the death of the late earl of a about the partition of his great estate were now firmly united in an association against this unfortunate gentleman mutual deeds were executed among them by which many great lordships and estates were given up by the uncle to persons who had no right to possess them in order to engage them to side with him against his nephew in withholding the unjust possession of the remainder these confederates having held several consultations against their common enemy and finding that his cause gathered daily strength since the trial by the accession of many witnesses of figure and reputation who had not been heard of before and that the only chance they had to prevent the speedy establishment of his right and their own destruction was by stripping mr m of the little money that yet remained and by stopping all further resources whereby he might be enabled to proceed they therefore came to a determined resolution to carry that hopeful scheme into execution and in pursuance thereof they have left no expedient or stratagem how extraordinary or scandalous soever unpractised to distress mr a and that gentleman for that end all the oppressive arts and dilatory expensive contrivances that the fertile invention of the lowest pettifoggers of the law could possibly devise have with dexterity been played off against them in fruitless quibbling and malicious suits entirely foreign to the merits of the cause 
not to mention numberless other acts of oppression the most extraordinary and unprecedented proceeding by means whereof this sham writ of error hath been kept on foot ever since november seventeen forty three is to me said the doctor a most flagrant instance not only of the prevalency of power money when employed as in the present case against an unfortunate helpless man disabled as he is of the means of ascertaining his right but of the badness of a cause that hath recourse to so many iniquitous expedients to support it in a word the whole conduct of lord a and his party from the beginning to this time hath been such as sufficiently manifests that it could proceed from no other motives than a consciousness of mr a s right and of their own illegal usurpations and from a terror of trusting the merits of their case to a fair discussion by the laws of their country and that the intention and main drift of all their proceedings plainly tends to stifle and smother the merits of the case from the knowledge of the world by oppressive arts and ingenious delays rather than trust it to the candid determination of an honest jury what else could be the motives of kidnapping the claimant and transporting him when an infant of the various attempts made upon his life since his return of the attempts to divest him of all assistance to ascertain his right by endeavouring so solicitously to prevail on mr m to abandon him in the beginning of retaining an army of counsel before any suit had been commenced of the many sinister attempts to prevent the trial at bar of the various arts made use of to terrify any one from appearing as witness for the claimant and to seduce those who had appeared of the shameless unprecedented low tricks now practised to keep him out of the possession of that estate for which he had obtained the verdict thereby to disable him from bringing his cause to a further hearing and of the attempts made to buy up mr m s debts and to spirit up suits against him is it not obvious from all these circumstances as well as from the obstruction they have given to the attorney-general's proceeding to make a report to his majesty on the claimant's petition to the king for the peerage which was referred by his majesty to that gentleman so far back as seventeen forty three that all their efforts are bent to that one point of stifling rather than suffering the merits of this cause to come to a fair and candid hearing and that the sole consideration at present between them and this unfortunate man is not whether he is right or wrong but whether he shall or shall not find money to bring this cause to a final determination lord a and his confederates not thinking themselves safe with all these expedients while there was a possibility of their antagonists obtaining any assistance from such as humanity compassion generosity or a love of justice might induce to lay open their purses to his assistance in ascertaining his right have by themselves and their numerous emissaries employed all the arts of calumny slander and detraction against him by traducing his cause vilifying his person and most basely and cruelly tearing his character to pieces by a thousand misrepresentations purposely invented and industriously propagated in all places of resort which is a kind of cowardly assassination that there is no guarding against yet in spite of all these machinations and the shameful indifference of mankind who stand aloof unconcerned and see this unhappy gentleman most inhumanly oppressed by the weight of lawless power and faction m far from suffering himself to be dejected by the multiplying difficulties that crowd upon him still exerts himself with amazing fortitude and his assiduity and will i doubt not bring the affair he began 
and carried on with so much spirit while his finances lasted to a happy conclusion it would exceed the bounds of my intention and perhaps trespass too much upon your time were i to enumerate the low artifices and shameful quibbles by which the usurper has found means to procrastinate the decision of the contest between him and his hapless nephew or to give a detail of the damage and perplexity which mr m has sustained and been involved in by the treachery and ingratitude of some who listed themselves under him in the prosecution of this affair and by the villainy of others who under various pretences of material discoveries they had to make etc had fastened themselves upon him and continued to do all the mischief in their power until the cloven foot was detected one instance however is so flagrantly flagitious that i cannot resist the inclination i feel to relate it as an example of the most infernal perfidy that perhaps ever entered the human heart i have already mentioned the part which h enacted in the beginning of m s connection with the unfortunate stranger and hinted that the said h lay under many obligations to that gentleman before mr a s arrival in england he had been chief agent to lord a and as it afterwards appeared received several payments of a secret pension which that lord enjoyed for which he either could not or would not account his lordship therefore in order to compel him to it took out writs against him and his house was continually surrounded with catchpoles for the space of two whole years mr m believing from h s own account of the matter that the poor man was greatly injured and prosecuted on account of his attachment to the unhappy young gentleman did him all the good offices in his power and became security for him on several occasions nay such was his opinion of his integrity that after mr a was cleared of the prosecution carried on against him by his uncle his person was entrusted to the care of this hypocrite who desired that the young gentleman might lodge at his house for the convenience of air m s own occasions calling him often into the country having thus by his consummate dissimulation acquired such a valuable charge he wrote a letter to one of lord a s attorneys offering to betray mr a provided his lordship would settle his account and give him a discharge for eight hundred pounds of the pension which he had received and not accounted for mr m informed of this treacherous proposal immediately removed his lodger from his house into his own without assigning his reasons for so doing until he was obliged to declare it in order to free himself from the importunities of h who earnestly solicited his return this miscreant finding himself detected and disappointed in his villainous design was so much enraged at his miscarriage that forgetting all the benefits he had received from him for a series of years he practised all the mischief that his malice could contrive against him and at length entered into a confederacy with one g and several other abandoned wretches who as before said under various pretences of being able to make material discoveries and otherwise to serve the cause had found means to be employed in some extra business relating to it though their real intention was to betray the claimant these confederates in conjunction with some other auxiliaries of infamous character being informed that mr m was on the point of securing a considerable sum to enable him to prosecute mr a s right and to bring it to a happy conclusion contrived a deep-laid scheme to disappoint him in it and at once to ruin the cause End of chapter ninety eight part four